Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Leslie catches us up on everything you need to know about Disneyland right now with everything almost reopened. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered where you can subscribe and receive bonus content. Or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. I can help you plan your Disney Universal or Disney Cruise Line vacation and help you do all the hard work. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for the podcast, email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Leslie was in Disneyland about a month ago as you are listening to this, and she managed to get there straddling the change date from between when it was California residents only and then moving towards everyone being allowed into Disneyland. So you know, she didn't time it that way on purpose, but that's just how it turned out. And so what we wanted to do today is talk about Leslie's Disneyland trip, but not do so much of a trip report, but talk more about what she learned and what she's learned since she left Disneyland to see kind of what you need to know if you're visiting Disneyland anytime in the near future. So let's start with those dropping of the restrictions. I mean, what was it like to be there for the changeover, Leslie? It was really, really bizarre, Joe. So we were there from June the 14th through June the 16th. And if you've been following the news, June 15th was when California dropped its restrictions pretty much statewide, its mask mandate, a lot of the regulations that had been governing governing theme parks and capacity and all the social distancing there. And in the days leading up to that date, June 15th, Disney was kind of quiet about what it was planning to do. I mean, we kind of thought, oh, well, the mask mandate might stay in place because like there were announcements about Disney World dropping its mask mandate indoors, but nothing about Disneyland. And it just was really unclear what was going to happen. And of course, the dates that we were there, there was this major heat wave. So all of us were kind of crossing our fingers and hoping that at least maybe the outdoor mask mandate would get dropped so that we wouldn't just be so miserable in 95 degree Anaheim heat and that kind of stuff. But we weren't expecting all these like other major changes to happen. So I'm there on June 14th. I go into Star Tours, which had a very long wait for whatever reason that morning. I come out and my phone is just blowing up. This is like at like 1130 in the day. Everybody's messaging me saying, have you heard Disneyland's going to be dropping its indoor mask mandate too to basically match what what was happening in Florida and all the social distancing is going to go away and like basically from zero to 60 in one day I mean obviously we've talked about before how Disney World was kind of stepping down these different restrictions and this was just a complete ripping of the band-aid off with 12 hours notice right for people like me who were in the middle of a trip and it was a little bit discombobulating and this is also going to be the day that all the out-of-staters come into Disneyland as well or at least you know if they've made reservations in time so it was a lot it was kind of mentally overwhelming and and you know I as we talked about before I'm from an area of the country that has been one of the most lockdown most restrictive about all these measures so it was a lot <laughs> and I felt a little very mixed feelings about it especially you know my, my youngest child is too young to be vaccinated the rest of us are vaccinated so didn't know how that was going to go but we just kind of prepared ourselves mentally and dove into it and then the 15th 
everything changed. I mean, most people dropped their masks. I mean, everybody pretty much did outdoors and indoors. A lot of people did. Kids still were maybe like 50-50 masking and, um, but adults often were not. I think the heat wave kind of pushed people forward probably faster than they might have otherwise, uh, in California. So it was, it was bizarre. It was like, Day one, someone, you know, yelled at my daughter for taking a sip of water in line. And day two, they were telling us, fill in all available space. It was weird. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like. I think it's just one of those things where organizationally you can either, you know, it's either a death by a thousand cuts or you just do it all at once. So I guess Disney decided to do it all at once at Disneyland. Now, in terms of what things are like right now, I guess since they took everything away, it's pretty much normal-ish there. Are there any restrictions that are still happening at Disneyland that anyone needs to be aware of if they're visiting? So, I mean, it's normal-ish. I'd say there's still some smaller things that are still in place at Disneyland that maybe aren't at Disney World. Like, for example, I don't think the photo pass photographers at Disneyland are taking photos with your your own phone right now. So there's a lot of little things. And then in terms of like the guests, the masks and the distancing, it's all pretty much gone and people are kind of crammed in. You'll see more masks compliance, I guess, among kids and even among some adults at Disneyland that you will at Disney World. But that's just sort of a nature of where the guests are coming from and what their practices are back home. And it's obviously been tapering off as, you know, more time goes by. So it does feel mostly this normal, I would say. You still have reduced capacity at a lot of sort of indoor seating venues. The tables are still pretty well-spaced probably more well-spaced than they are in Florida. There's still there's still the California overlay to it all of like a little bit of caution. So, and you know, as we're and as we're recording this just a couple of days ago, Los Angeles has now recommended even vaccinated people wear masks indoors. Obviously, you know, Disneyland's in Orange County, but that's right next door, so there is kind of, you know, a different vibe in that region about what's going on with the increase in the Delta variant right now that folks are watching. Thanks, Delta. Now, I remember that one of the issues that was happening definitely the first time you visited in May, but still even happening when you were there in June was that there were just kind of not enough restaurants and eating options open. As a quick aside, I hear that this is a major problem universal orlando right now the mobile order lines are just crazy or they don't have mobile order so the lines for quick server stuff is just crazy now i think a lot of things have opened up food wise at disneyland since you were there definitely in may but even in june so how is the food situation looking right now at disneyland so it's improving. It was improving while we were there. There were a couple of things that opened in early June. And then there were a lot of things slated to open June the 17th, right after our trip. But actually, a lot of them actually soft opened while we were there. So that I could already see the changes happening while I was there. Alien Pizza Planet, a soft open. Ogus Cantina, soft open. We got to experience both of those. Actually, the kids went to the pizza <laughs> and my husband went to Ogus Cantina. So that, that really is helping. I mean, the mobile order wait times are getting better at a lot of places just because there's more available. And a lot of the people eater restaurants also have opened like Docking Bay 7 and Hungry Bear, Paradise Garden Grill over at Disney California Adventure. So 
having those kind of restaurants open really helps. And then the other thing that's happening at Disneyland and the Disneyland faithful are so happy about this is there actually are some places where you can order from a real cashier and not have to mobile order. And this was something that, you know, they tried really hard to push exclusively mobile ordering at Disneyland. And it just didn't work with the fan base and their practices because there are a lot of locals who were just sort of used to strolling up to a cashier and that was their, you know, the way they did it or just that they didn't work. They tried really hard and it caused, it all, it almost caused more headaches, you know, than it solved so it's glad I'm glad to see some of that coming back. I mean, I still prefer to order on the app. Uh, you know, I don't want to stand in, a, in another physical line. But for folks who prefer that, I'm glad that that's being made an option. Yeah, I'm hearing rumors that Florida is also going to go back to how things were before. Basically, most of it's walk up and some of it is mobile order. So we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that Disney does at Disney World and doesn't even announce it. They just kind of revert back, either ripping the Band-Aid off or one restaurant at a time. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Now, speaking of the app, I know you had experience with both Web Slingers and Rise of the Resistance for the virtual queue. You know, how are things going over in Disneyland with virtual queues and the app and all of that? Is it a mess like Disney World, you only have heard it was seven seconds for Hollywood Studios at 7 a.m. Or, you know, what's it like? Well, in my experience in mid-June, it was way less than seven seconds. It was like less than a second. You really had to be on the ball to get spots. It has gotten better. I mean, of course, I was there right during the changeover. A lot of the operations, even on the 15th and 16th, weren't really set, even though distancing was going away. Cast members were still in the early days of figuring out how to run the attractions at full capacity, and they weren't really doing that. So it was very hard to get boarding groups on the days I was there. It's I guess gotten a little bit easier in the sense that there are a lot more boarding groups that are being gotten through during the day. So your chances of getting a boarding group, you know, like 150 or something like that's actually going to get called to both of these rides. But of course, there are more guests in the park as each day goes on. So you have more competition. It's really rough. I mean, I have to say we went four for four for the boarding groups that we went. But of course, no one likes a bragger. I know. But I, I, I mean, I've written posts about this show, you, which you've co-written one of them. So I kind of felt like I would True. be... If Everyone I, likes a braggart. If I wrote the post about it, I'd be really embarrassed if I didn't get, get them all. But the reality is, is there are times that even the experts can't get them all. So it, it's really rough on folks who are new to this. And you really do have to practice how to do this. You know, look at the screenshots, look at the videos... Do it one time or two times yourself from home at 7 a.m. and noon when the drops are. You can get all the way up until the last screen so you see, like, how the process actually works. I tried to teach people, like, while I was talking to them in line, you know, people who were like, oh, we tried this morning and they were gone. <laughs> like, two minutes later they were gone. I was like, no, no, two seconds later they were gone. You were that late and you didn't even know. So it's rough. And I feel really bad for people who are going on that sort of once-in-a-lifetime trip and they're competing against people like me who have done it too many times. So at Disney World, the afternoon drops have been better for Rise of the Resistance. Is that happening in Disneyland as well for either or both attractions? Yes, that seems to be the case. It, a lot more people seem to have luck at noon. But then, of course, you're subject to the variability of how many boarding groups can they get through? Will, will the rides break down? You know, Rise of the Resistance is more reliable at Disneyland than it is at Disney World. So they're making more progress, it looks like, there. And Web Slingers has had pretty good 
overall operations. Not a lot of breakdowns to report. So that's good. So attractions wise, I think not everything was open or at least the indoor queues for a lot of it weren't open. So are there any things that have come back since you were there in June? Or maybe the better question to ask, is anything still closed at Disneyland that is expected back anytime soon? So several things have opened since I was there. Storybook Land Canals, Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, that was a good one to add. That does eat quite a few people. And then Matterhorn just reopened. So that's another one that will consume some people. And then coming soon, of course, is Jungle Cruise. That's uh, July 16th, I believe. So that's another one with its refurbishments that'll be on tap. I'm trying to think if there's anything of any consequence still closed. I mean, some of the things in Toontown, some of the play areas and houses to explore are still closed so that's kind of a bummer for folks with little kids but for the most part now we've got all the attractions back that I can that I can think of and so that that really does give the parks more capacity and allow them to move more people in without it feeling more crowded and so then Disneyland Hotel is also reopened so I'm sure that's exciting for Disneyland Hotel people but I think the big news is that on July 4th fireworks returned I actually don't know this because I'm not a Disneyland person. Are there fireworks at both Disneyland and DCA or is fireworks just a one park thing in Disneyland? Just a one part thing at Disneyland. Traditionally, DCA had a an evening show, World of Color, but that is that actually got damaged during the closures. I think it everything kind of rotted away. So no no sign of that coming back anytime soon. Um, so all of the nighttime fun is over at Disneyland. Fireworks Mickey's Mix Magic has already soft opened even before the fourth, which was when it was supposed to open. So that's going to be what's happening going forward. Great to see fireworks back, especially in time for the 4th. Now, when Avengers Campus first opened, which was about a week or a little bit more than a week than you got there, they were kind of capacity controlling it, and that led to long lines. So has Disney figured out the best practices for crowd control for Avengers Campus, and do those lines still exist? So it seems like at this point, things have settled down over in Avengers Campus. When I was there, they were still capacity controlling the land and then running this queue outside. And on the final day I was there, they dropped the queue in the afternoon and just let the land be open. There wasn't a line. And so now that has been moved back earlier and earlier in the morning to the point where it seems like most days now, there's no queue at all for Avengers Campus. It's just wide open, part of Disney California Adventure. Folks can come and go as they please. And that's actually normalized the operations at California Adventure quite a lot because what was happening was people knew that if they got, once they got in, if they left, they they couldn't get back in. So people were kind of artificially staying in Avengers Campus longer than they might have and not coming and going and being a free flow of guests. So this, this is great. This is actually sooner than I thought would be the case. A lot of the, the diehards have come and they've seen it. And now it's just a regular part of the parks for people to explore. So that's exciting. And is the entertainment still happening at, I mean, it seemed like a very frequent pace relatively, like there always seemed to be something to see going on at Avengers Campus. Does it seem like it's still going on at a very nice clip, character interactions, the stunt shows, all that kind of stuff? Yes, the times are now in the Disneyland app. You can see them. They're usually like three or four or five or six show times, depending upon which character it is. The Doctor Strange show, the Spider-Man, the, the stunt show with Black Widow, and the Dora Milaje Black Panther show. So there's four different, I'd say, mini shows. And then there's also plenty of character meet and greets and sort of coming out and, and 
talking to people. So, yeah, I mean, definitely plenty to see. I mean, they still are really crowded. I mean, all of these tight spaces in Avengers Campus are just going to continue to be choke points, even with the land wide open. Everybody still wants to see that show at one point in time. So that that is where things get kind of tight and, you know, there's not a lot of shade in Avengers Campus. So it's not ideal, but the praise for what's actually happening is quite high. And I think the quality of the interactions is high. I mean, people are really raving over Loki, who's changing outfits and interactions weekly based upon what's happening on the Disney Plus show which I haven't watched yet and hopefully I'll get to watch really soon we're we've had it in our queue but we've been traveling so I I like try to avoid spoilers but I'm watching Disneyland news and then I'm like getting spoilers about the show so can't win yes bring Owen Wilson to the parks you cowards Loki's good I I don't think they could do a Loki show like stunt show or theme show I don't know maybe they could do a stand-up Loki comedy special but uh (laughs) I don't know more Loki in the parks is good absolutely absolutely now, before we get to some tips for people planning their Disneyland trips anytime soon, tell me about the park capacity situation. Has it increased? What are reservations like? You know, what's your general speculation for what things are going to be like for the rest of the summer and maybe even the early fall? So park capacity has been, we suspect, creeping up every day. And, you know, of course, more things have been opening up. For most of the second half of June, I mean, I've talked to a lot of folks who were there. The parks actually felt less crowded than when I was there in mid-June because, you know, they were just able to take care of entertaining and, you know, letting many more people ride rides. So it's actually been kind of a sweet spot for folks who went during those second two weeks of June and maybe even into early. July before July 4th. So this is going to continue. And we've seen on the reservations calendar that Disney is clearly adding capacity in July and thereafter. How much? We don't know. But it's so much that right now, as of when we're recording this episode, there are reservations for almost every day on the calendar still available. Certainly if you have a park hopper ticket, but even for one park per day tickets. So there is a lot of capacity and maybe the locals have gone there one time and they're saving their money and waiting waiting for annual passes to return. Or maybe a lot of folks were kind of watching and waiting to see how everything worked and how long the lines were before planning a vacation. And now, at least in the short term, there's availability. So it's interesting. Um, It's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm really surprised to see right here around early July that Disneyland's not sold out because a lot of other theme parks are. So that's really surprising. Interesting. Do you have plans to go back before they bring their new annual pass, whatever they're going to end up calling it, to Disneyland? I don't have any immediate plans. I will definitely go back. I mean, I don't know when the annual pass is going to come back, but I'll certainly take probably one more family trip this year. We might go for Halloween, and I don't think an annual pass eh, might be back by then, or some some sort of a ticket maybe perhaps for locals, like they usually do like a spring ticket deal, like get three days and no expiration on those days, or you know, you get many months to use those days. That That's a possibility. I, I'll go back. But I don't have any immediate plans to. And it's really hard to sort of project how things are going to go this summer because I think they're going to try to open up this capacity. And they can definitely take a lot more people right now. The lines are still pretty short, unlike at Disney World. They want to get 
more like to Disney World operations sooner rather than later. So it's hard to say, is that going to be in two weeks? Is that going to be in six weeks? So folks who have vacations in July and August, the best I can say is just set your expectations low. And then if it's amazing, great. But, you know, we just don't know how it's going to be. Got it. All right. So let's close things out with a few tips you have for Disneyland um, this summer and and I guess for the rest of the year until things drastically have changed. Although I think it is going to be one of the things where at this point it just changes a little bit at a time. So what are some of your tips that you have for people planning Disneyland vacations? All right. So in terms of making reservations, I think folks can breathe a sigh of relief. Those of us who are really scrambling for reservations this spring and early summer, it's not quite so frantic. There's not quite so much competition. There's more availability. So if you want to plan that last minute Disneyland vacation, it looks like at least in the short term, it's possible to do that. If you're a local or you know somewhere in California, drive market, Arizona, this could be a good time to go. That's just my, my thinking right now. But even though you have to plan less for reservations, you still have to be planning for food. I mean, mobile ordering is improving. Availability of food is increasing. But dining reservations are still very, very hard to get for the sit-down restaurants. And this is something that Disneyland folks just aren't used to. You have to be thinking with a Disney World mindset for Disneyland dining right now. So (laughs) those of you who have experience with both, you'll be fine. But... It's, it's still a little foreign for those of us who are more Disneyland-centric to really have to you know get up early in the morning at 6 a.m. and refresh the app and try to snag a reservation as fast as possible if you want to do table service. A quick interruption for you. If you are looking for a certain table service reservation but weren't able to find it, I know with Disney World, a lot of those reservations open up kind of a couple days before the actual date. Is Disneyland similar or at least during this reopening times, is Disneyland similar or have you had luck getting last minute reservations for things you couldn't get at 60 days out? You know, I haven't seen enough availability to know if that's happening. I do suspect they will be decreasing distancing at some of these restaurants. That was something actually I talked to one of the waiters at Lamplight Lounge said, you know, in a few weeks they'll be moving the tables closer together. So that means... Naturally, I would suspect there'll be more availability at that restaurant that could come on line, you know, closer to time. So that's something to watch, but there's no real predictability to it. So you kind of have to just be checking constantly and, you know, hopefully you'll snag one of those spots or some, snag somebody else's cancellation. But it's really hard unless you're willing to just babysit the app all the time. And at some point, you just maybe want to go to a quick service instead of doing that for a table service reservation. But what you can do is they do have same day mobile wait lists like they do at Disney World. So if there's a restaurant you really want to go to and you did, couldn't get a reservation, you can at least try when you're in the parks to get on that mobile wait list and people are getting into restaurants that way. All right. And then let's close out with the most important tip. What are your tips for minimizing your wait times and lines right now at Disneyland? So there's not a lot of hackability right now. I mean, rope dropping is still, you know, one way to do it. You have to kind of be towards the front of the rope drop crowd and they are running rope drop at Disneyland. And last time I checked, they were not at California Adventure, but that could be changing with Avengers Campus now being more wide open. So yeah, you just kind of have to, you know, be at the front of that, make your beeline for your attraction. Space Mountain's a great one to rope drop if you like the thrill rides. And of course, the smaller rides like Peter Pan and Snow White in Fantasyland are a great, great one to rope drop if you have younger kids. 
So that's still still what you got to do. And then the other thing to do is end of the night. That's still a great time. Get in line, you know, a minute before park closes. You'll have a shorter wait for a lot of these attractions. And really just follow follow what's happening in the app. I mean, it's not been totally reliable in terms of wait times, but the weights have not been fully predictable or the same every day. So we just kind of chased what the app was showing us was, was shorter. And that seems to be a good strategy because for whatever reason, sometimes Thunder Mountain's got a 45 minute wait and then an, an hour later it'll have a 20 minute wait. So you just kind of watch and, and see what the typical weights are. And then when you see one that, that looks lower than that, make a dash for it. All right. Awesome. A lot of good solid strategy there for minimizing your wait times. I think that about does it for this Disneyland centric episode. But before we get out of here, let's end with our traditional Disney do or don't. What is your Disneyland do or don't for us this summer? All right. My Disney do for Disneyland visitors is to really do your research about your hotels because we've talked a lot about how Disneyland is returning to normal, but not all of the hotels are returning to normal quite yet. And some of them have got reservations if you want to go to the pool or their water parks. Some of them don't have all of their dining back. A lot of them aren't able to do housekeeping service yet. There's been a real shortage of workers in that field. So things are still a little weird at a lot of the properties uh, around Disneyland and still a little weird even at the Disneyland properties that have now all three finally reopened. So so really do your research, check the website, call ahead to, you know, find out what's different, find out what's running, what's not running so you're not disappointed. A lot of hotels are have really sh- big parking shortages right now because so many more guests are from drive markets and not flying in and the parking lots fill up. So that's creating some weirdnesses for a lot of people like where they can't park or, you know, they have to to leave the parking lot, you know, at checkout time, they can't leave their car there for the rest of the day if they're going to the park that day. So do do your due diligence about that because that's actually going to add a little bit more logistics to your Disneyland vacation. Makes a lot of sense. All right. So if you have any experiences in Disneyland, please let us know. DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or you can find us on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hopefully you're having a great summer and maybe even taking some trips to Disney. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you binging Loki when it's finished because you got to watch it. It's great. Thanks, Jim. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save